Jesus, we thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you'd reveal yourself this morning. I thank you for the time that we've had worshiping. And I just ask you, Jesus, that you would continue to move and encounter us. We're here for you. We're not here to hear words. We're not here to to hear a good message. We're here to encounter a deeper revelation of who you are. So we just say we love you. Just right where you're at, can you just tell them that you love him? We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, hey, as promised, because I, I did promise this last week, it was posted on social media, so now I have to preach it, right? Uh, <laughs> um, I am going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit this morning. And I want to I wanna provide a quick disclaimer. It is 11.26 p.m. a.m., which means that I am probably not going to get through this entire message. So if I need to continue it, there is a version of this message in its entirety that we can link to this week if I'm not able to finish it. But I really felt like the Lord wanted me to release this. And so we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, kind of wrap up. We've been in kind of a little bit of a mini-series on the Holy Spirit. How many have been a part of that? Yeah, we've, we've talked about walking with the Holy Spirit. We've talked about being consumed. My dad talked about being consumed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. I mean, how do you not go back and listen to that? You need to. We've, we introed this whole thing talking about that we actually are a priestly people. You can go back and listen to that message. That was kind of our introduction. Romans 15, 16, Paul actually says that he is a priest ministering the gospel. And so I unpack in that message the revelation that we as believers with the Holy Spirit inside of us are actually priests following our high priest. That is Jesus. That's a really powerful foundational message. So I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. I don't have time to go into any introduction this morning on the Holy Spirit, so I'm inviting you to go back and listen. Um, this morning, I want to focus on the gifts of the Spirit, but I'm going to talk about what is probably the most controversial gift, and that is tongues. The gift of tongues. In, in some circles... I wouldn't even be allowed to preach this on a Sunday. But the Bible has a lot to say about this topic. And we're going to dive into this. And so I, I, I believe that this is one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit wants us, he, he wants to give us, but he wants us to walk in as we begin 2023. This is a gift that has impacted my life significantly. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of that story in a minute. But I want to I want to do two things really quickly. Two things as we approach this topic. Number one, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Can we be uncomfortable in church? Can we not just get comfy, cozy, and enjoy our inspirational message and leave? And Like, can we get uncomfortable? If you're a guest here, I'm inviting you into who we are as a church. We're not just going to gloss around the hard scriptures. We're going to get uncomfortable together. Can we do that? Can we, can we allow this to pierce our hearts? And so that's the first thing. It's okay to wrestle. 
If you're, in fact, I want you to wrestle. I don't want you to just take everything that I say and go, oh, yeah, Andrew said it, so it must be right. Wrestle with it. Dive into the word and let his word reveal something to you. But listen, I can give you as much as I carry, but you will not actually get the fullness of it unless you dive into it yourself. You have to get in here yourself. So I want to encourage you. Like, I know we have phones, and I'm all about electronic Bible, but there's just nothing like a paper Bible. There's nothing like a paper Bible. And I used to be the one that was just using it on my phone, and then I started getting on Instagram and Facebook and getting distracted. This doesn't distract me. All right. I don't have time for that. So listen, I'm also aware that when we mention gifts of the Spirit, there may be a lot of preconceived thoughts that go through your mind. I'm preaching to an amazingly diverse people, right? We all have backgrounds. We have history. We're coming into this room, some of us, with different backgrounds and different stories, yes? And so when I say gifts of the Spirit, somebody might be like, oh, yeah, come on, I'm all there. And somebody else might be like, oh, my last church, right? In that one meeting I was in. Things got a little dicey, right? So we come in with stories and history and preconceived thoughts. And so this morning, I am inviting you into this to explore this with me regardless of what your background is in it, okay? So you may be coming. Some of you may be coming from a place of pain and hurt. I hate that, unfortunately, the gifts of the Spirit have brought, there's been a lot of abuse in this, too. And so some of you may be coming in that place, maybe places where the gifts were used poorly, or they inflicted pain and hurt than they did to encourage and edify. I love what what Nikki does every time. Every Wednesday night, we talk about how you're supposed to examine words. We talk about prophetic values. Why do we do that? Because there has been a background of gifts being used out of order and in an unhealthy manner. And what the Holy Spirit wants us to do as a house is to find the right order in here so that we can actually operate in his gifts in an appropriate and healthy manner to release what the Holy Spirit desires to release. And so the last, the, the last group of people that I wanted to talk to was a group where maybe you're like, I'm open to this, but I don't have a biblical framework. I'm going to give you a biblical framework this morning. So no matter where you are, I want to, you to read these passages and look and examine and ask questions in the context of a family community this morning. We say this all the time at Convergence. We are a spiritual family. We love to come together, all the generations represented. By the way, it doesn't matter how young you are, you can grasp this. Oh, I remember, I remember it was, it was our October gathering that we had, and Heidi was here, and a bunch of us were laying on the ground, and one of our kids here at Convergence came up to me, laid his hand on my shoulder, didn't say any words, and just began to pray in the spirit I was blown away I was like I'm in the right place 
Come on. All right, really quickly, number two, the second key as we approach this topic, and this is a really important one, do not let religious tradition define your walk with the Holy Spirit. When I say religious tradition, I'm not talking about historical church history. What I'm talking about is no matter what background you are from or what you've been taught over the years, always approach the scriptures with a heart that says, I want to learn and I want to get everything out of this that I can. How often do we approach this going, oh yeah, I've already learned that. I already know the gospel. And the Holy Spirit always has something new to reveal to you. So let's not approach from a tradition. Um, Listen to this. This is by Pastor Lee Cummings. Anything in our lives that is influenced by religious tradition as opposed to scripture becomes an obstacle to the will of God being accomplished in our lives. Jesus in Mark 7.13 actually said that the tradition of the Pharisees actually invalidated the word of God. Woo. That could be a whole message. What's he saying? They were so wrapped up in their tradition that they actually, according to verse 9, they set aside the commandment of God. They actually set it aside because of their traditions. They loved doing what they, what they knew, walking in what they knew. But when Jesus showed up, it was like, hey, there's something new. And they were unwilling to see it. Why? Because they were so wrapped up in the way they had always done things. Their tradition is what forged their path, not the revelation of Jesus. Oh, man. Hmm. So I want, us, I want to encourage you, be mindful when you approach scripture of where religious tradition might be getting in the way of reading this word rightly. Tradition and even sometimes our personal experiences can hinder our ability to read and step into scripture. This is why we need the spirit of truth to guide us. All right, I want you to turn in your Bible Paper Bible, phone Bible, whatever you have. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to be really digging into these three passages. 12, 13, and 14. So you can just keep your Bible open. When I say gifts of the Spirit, I'm referring to the gifts that Paul mentions right here in 1 Corinthians 12. So I'm going to read starting in verse 7. Verse 7 says, my translation, now there are varieties of gifts, but what? The same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all in all persons. Verse 7, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, And to another, the word of knowledge, according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. Verse 10. And to another, effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. And to another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. 
But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one just as he wills. Verse 12, for just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also in Christ, verse 13, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink. Don't you love the word drink? We were all made to drink of one Spirit. So this is 1 Corinthians 7 through 13. I just read a lot of scripture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and kind of parse these different gifts out. So there are nine gifts listed here. It is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of miracles, gift of prophecy, which we talk a lot about here at Convergence. You need to come to a Wednesday night training. Come to our Prophetic Reformers Intensive. If you want to know more about that, I'm not going to dive into prophecy this morning. Number seven, distinguishing of spirits. Number eight, various kinds of tongues. And number nine, interpretation of tongues. Nine gifts. I like to think of this passage as the Holy Spirit's toolbox. You know when you come to a toolbox and you get out your tools and you got all these different things and you know screwdrivers for this and sometimes you need a wrench and there's different gifts, different ways that the Holy Spirit likes to move, different gifts operating, all of which have a place. So it's like a toolbox. You get to dive in. You grab your wrench. All right, gift of healing needed here. All right, prophetic word, which we've already had happen a lot in this room this morning, my screwdriver. All right, gift of tongues, bringing out my big plumber wrench. Right? It, it's a toolbox. And just like a kid that approaches a toy box, right, you approach it, and if there's this giant, awesome toy box in your room with all these new toys, are you not going to get in there and enjoy the toys? I know I would as a kid. I'm like, come on, let's check out the toy box. I feel like this is the Holy Spirit with gifts. Come on, come check the gifts out. Don't be afraid. Come. There's things that I want to unlock on this journey as we unpack the gifts of the Spirit, which are actually to lead you into a deeper reality and revelation of the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing. So I want you to think of it that way. One thing that I want to point out right off the bat is if you've been at Convergence for even one Sunday... You have experienced this phrase, we believe in all of the gifts, every one of them. Not only do we believe in the gifts, as I just read, but we believe that the gifts are for today. Not just for when the apostles were alive. There's a big word that I'm going to throw out, and it's called cessationist. Have we heard this word? Do we know what it means? Cessationist would say, that the gifts ended with the death of the apostles. And I don't know about you, and again, I'm inviting you on a journey. I don't find a single verse that says that in here. I don't. I, I, I can't find a single verse. Now, 
I'm going to point to a verse that a lot of times they like to point to, and I want everyone to go there, and it's 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. So if you have your Bible, look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. And it says this, love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away, okay? If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. Now let's stop. If we just read that verse, what do we get out of it? That maybe the gifts are done away with. But in scripture, can we just cherry pick one verse? No, come on, we're learning together. Welcome to class. Okay, one of the biggest mistakes that we often make, at even preaching pastors, we take one verse and we preach an entire message about the gifts being done away by one verse and we don't even read the context. Let's read the context. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Okay, read verse 10. But when the what? The perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. Okay, what's Paul saying? When the perfect comes. Who's the perfect? Jesus. Is Jesus returning? Ah. So when Jesus comes, there's not going to be a need for this. Because Jesus comes, and so it says, when the perfect comes, the partial, the, the little that we know will be done away with. It's not saying that the gifts are not for today. It's saying that when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. When Jesus comes, yeah, we won't have a need for that because he's here. Does this make sense? really important that we look at this in scripture why would paul mention the gifts in first corinthians 12 if he didn't want to exhort the church at corinth to walk in them uh, jesus wants to do even more through you he wants to do more miracles he wants to set more people free he wants to bind up more broken hearts he wants to heal even more diseases he told the disciples in acts 1 8 that when the holy spirit comes that they would receive what Power. Power. Dunamis. We need more dunamis in the church. We need it. I don't want to just have a good service. I want you to come in and I want you to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The dunamis, that Greek word, power. We need it. And we are going to step into that as a house to see the power of the Holy Spirit manifest. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 5 says this, verse 4, And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. I love preaching wisdom, but it needs to be accompanied by the next phrase, which is, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind. I don't want your faith this morning to rest on my wisdom. Because that's not going to be a good thing. <laughs> I want your faith to rest on that next phrase, which is what? The power of God. He wants to empower you with tools, not to glorify yourself, 
but to glorify God. So I'm just going to answer a couple questions. Number one, who are the gifts for? Does anyone know the answer? Believers. Yeah. If you believe in Jesus, the gifts are for you. Everyone who believes. There's no qualifying statement in Scripture that says you've got to have a seminary degree. You've got to have walked with the Lord for at least a decade. There's no qualifying passages like that. The gifts are for everyone who believes. Okay? 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, but to each one. Would that include you? But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So to each one means everyone. This, the gifts of the Spirit are not just for pastors. They're not just for worship leaders. They're not just for ministers. They're not just for people that we see on YouTube that say, I'm prophet so-and-so. They're for you. You can walk in the gifts of the Spirit. All right, question number two. Do we each have only one gift? Or can you seek after certain spiritual gifts? <laughs> people are already telling me the answer. Maybe I just need to skip this. It is my belief that all of us as believers can walk in all the gifts. And I want to read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 29. It says, all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? Verse 30, all do not have the gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? So based on this verse, it would seem that we don't have all of the gifts. But I want you to look back at verse 28. What does verse 28 say? And God has appointed in the what? In the church. Why is that important? Because there's a difference in walking in gifts in a public leadership manner in an environment like this, in a corporate environment. That's why we have like all are not apostles. Well, not everyone that is leading is called to lead in an apostolic manner. Not all of us are prophets operating in an office of a prophet, but we can all speak encouraging words by prophetic unction by the Holy Spirit. So what Paul is saying is there's a right order here. We're not all just going to get up here and say, oh yeah, everybody. No, when we're in an environment like this, in a corporate church environment, there is order that is um, is right and we need to follow and come underneath that order and order by the way isn't meant to lock us up sometimes we see order like this order why would we have more order order is actually meant to bring greater freedom structure isn't bad I, I, th I think we throw out this word organic, and I love the word organic, but did you know that just having organic, you need structure around the organic in order for the organic to thrive? All right. My goodness, 1148. All right, 1 Corinthians 14.1 says what? Pursue love, yet desire earnestly. Oh, come on. That doesn't say, just desire, so whatever. 
earnestly is a strong word. Earnestly means desire it. Go after it. Run after it. Desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Earnestly desire. You know what that word also means in the Greek? To seek eagerly. So Paul is exhorting the Corinthian church to eagerly seek after spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, As each one has received a special gift. As each one. Would that include you? It's everyone. As each one has received, meaning that every single person has access to all these gifts. Now, one thing that I also think Paul is saying here is that not all the gifts will look exactly the same. And I love this about the body of Christ. I love walking into a Wednesday night training and watching Nikki Kamali prophesy and sitting there thinking to myself, I I definitely don't prophesy the same way. And I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for the multifaceted realm of the Holy Spirit of God that doesn't just want to deliver the same prophetic word in the same manner and the same gift of healing in the same manner. But as he pours out gifts, you may operate in a different manner all within the authority and the order of Scripture. And it is beautiful when the body of Christ, as Ephesians says, every joint supplies. What does that mean? It means I need Nikki Kamali in my life. It means I need Mark Slack. It means I need the body of Christ for us to come together, operate in the gifts, and watch what the Holy Spirit does as he begins to pour things out. And we may operate in different ways, and it's beautiful. Look throughout, look throughout the New Testament. Did Jesus heal the same way? No. I mean, I would have never thought to put mud on someone's eyes. Listen to the Holy Spirit, and he reveals different signs. All right. <laughs> All right, one other very important thing that I want to point out right now. These are what? Gifts. What does that mean? It means the Holy Spirit gives them. You don't earn them. I don't earn a gift at Christmas. Well, I know there's this whole naughty or nice thing. Let's not go down that road. Let's not go there, okay? You open, you unwrap a gift, and you didn't, even if, You didn't necessarily earn that gift. It was given to you. So the Holy Spirit's not saying, all right, you got to have everything right in your life. Let's see, do do you have have 1 Corinthians 12, 4 memorized? Do you have John 3, 16 memorized? Do you you know all the stuff? Do you have all the tenets memorized? Are you doing good works? Are you you doing this? Are you doing this? Are you giving enough? Are you blah, 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 blah? Walk off the checklist, and finally, at the very bottom, there's this giant box that says, congratulations, here's a gift. Is that how it works? Thank God. Right? It's a gift. The Holy Spirit this morning wants to give you a gift. You don't have to earn the gift. You don't have to work for the gift. You don't have to strive for the gift. 
You don't have to figure out how to become more religious to earn the gift. He just wants to give it to you and say, here you go, Wanda. Here's a gift of healing. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it, right? Still, you gave your love away. Thank God that we don't have to earn a seat at the table. Your seat was purchased for you by the blood of Jesus. When he ascended to, oh man, when he ascended to the Father, he poured out the Holy Spirit. You don't earn access to that. You were given it by Jesus. So stop trying to earn something that he wants to freely give you. Shanda. I think the principle in Matthew 7 applies. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will knock and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be what? Opened. Ah, the door is open this morning. So desire earnestly means to seek eagerly. So he gives us gifts as he desires and as he wills, but it is my conviction that the gifts of the Spirit are for all of us. How many of you have seen healings, have personally experienced it? Congratulations, you've seen it. How many have received a prophetic word? Almost everyone in this room should probably raise their hand, and if not, you need to come up later and... We have seen this function here at Convergence in a healthy manner. The gifts of the Spirit are for all of us. And that excites me. Does that excite you? Because we need this. When you read the book of Acts, your heart should be so stirred to walk in a deeper revelation of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he desires to pour out on his body. All right, another very important thing. I am not going to have enough time this morning. I'm just going to lay foundation, and then maybe we'll, we'll hit something else another day. But another really important thing about the gifts is this. We never glorify gifts but the gift giver. And this is really big deal because when gifts get out of order, you begin to rely on a gifting and not the one who gave the gift. As a pastor, this is the fear of God every Sunday for me. I never want to operate in my gifting because I can talk till the cows come home. I love talking. But I don't want to just talk. I want to glorify the gift giver. I want to point you directly to him, and if you hear 10% of what I say, and you get 95% of him, that's a win. That's it this morning. Okay, so we don't glorify gifts, we glorify the gift giver. We seek meaning, we ask for the Holy Spirit to empower us with the gifts of the Spirit, not so that we can glorify the gift. This is really important too, by the way, can, can I point something out? Another aspect of this is that the gifts can also be really, get really wonky when the gift starts being real demonstrative and out of order sometimes. We're drawing attention to you. 
if the gift draws more attention to you than it does to him, it's not in the right manner. It's not in the right manner, okay? So anytime you see or experience one of the gifts of the Spirit being used in a way that doesn't point people directly to Jesus, you need to be wary of that. And that's part of, can we, can we look at one of the gifts too? That's part of discerning of spirits. What does discerning of spirits mean? It means I come in an atmosphere. I remember one time we were in ministry school and we drove all the way up to Waco and we were in this church prayer meeting thing. I don't really know what to call it other than that. We were up in a room. We were all holding hands. We were all praying and if it was just anybody, I would have walked in and I would have been like, this is so great. But I walked in and I mean instantly, I felt something is very off. And I don't know what it is right away, but something is off. And so I want to exhort you, when you feel that, don't just go, well, everybody else in the room is fine, so it must be fine. Ask the Holy Spirit, what's off about this? And it might be that there's things that are happening that are not in right order with how he wants us to function. All right. Anytime you see or experience a gift being used to benefit a name or to gain influence, you need to be wary. And I see this a lot, unfortunately. I call it rogue gifts. It's like you've gone rogue, you have no accountability. You're not under any authority, and yet you're going to bring, you're going to do this gift and allow people to come and receive a gift and, and pour that gift out, but the focus isn't Jesus. It's on you and how well you can do that gift. That is not healthy. It's not healthy. The gift needs to bring more glory to Jesus than it does your name. It needs to bring more glory to Jesus than it does to lift up your ministry. It needs to bring more glory to Jesus than it does for you to have a good reputation. The gift has to glorify God. All right, so gifts serve a purpose, and the purpose is to point people to Jesus. Have we established that? Yes, fantastic. And one more point on this. There's a reason, look at your Bible. There's a reason why 1 Corinthians 12, I love this. This is not an accident, guys. This is not an accident. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 are sandwiched by what chapter? 1 Corinthians 13. Why is that important? Because this, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have what? Love. I have become a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. Verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and all the knowledge and I have all the faith so as to even remove mountains but I don't have love, what do I have? Nothing. Nothing. Why is it crucial that 13 is between 12 and 14? Because if you're not operating in, a lo in love, you've missed it. You've missed it. And I don't have time to teach on this, but this includes words, words of warning or words, things that you think you've heard and they're not being released in a loving manner. You've missed it. You've missed it. 
And I see this a lot. People are like, yeah, I'm just, I feel like there's this confrontational word and I'm just going to, you know. You need to have enough love for that person to release that word or don't give it. Don't give it. If you can't release a word over someone with genuine love to want to see them encounter more of Jesus, don't give that word. It doesn't even matter if it's a right word. Don't give it if you can't do it in love. I think this is the reason why the gifts are so attacked and they so much scrutiny from different religious environments is because there's a lack of understanding. We don't understand it, so we're like, well, they, they must be dangerous. We need to seek understanding. All right. <laughs> it's 12 o'clock. I probably have at least seven more pages of notes. It's cool. Has this been good? Gifts of the Spirit? Okay. Really, really, really fast, in like maybe five to ten minutes, I want to just very quickly breeze through this because I don't know that I'm going to get an opportunity to really line this up. And so if you want to dig deeper, I will, I will link to, um, I, I taught this at least two years back, and I was able to, to really get through more of it. Um, I can do that, but I'm going to dive into this really, really quickly, and it is the gift of tongues. Um, it's one of the most scrutinized gifts in the church. In fact, so much so that even sometimes on applications to get into things, you have to check a box that says, I don't speak in tongues. This gift is considered controversial. I don't know why, because it's, there's a lot in here about it. I think it's a lack of understanding, right? And so one thing I want to, to just dig in, and I want us to look for understanding. And so, like, I remember even my daughter, in my quiet time many times, my daughter Adeline, sometimes I'll just start to speak in a prayer language, just praying before the Lord, and my daughter loves it. One time she even, <laughs> one time she heard someone speaking it, it was like a YouTube video or something that we were listening to, and she said, Daddy, Daddy, you can interpret that. And I was like, not in this moment, but I'm praying for that. I'm praying for the gift of interpretation, right? Um, and I love, I love in this house how we start our kids off in an environment where they're already being saturated in this. Like the fact that my daughter even knew enough to go, my daddy can interpret that, shows how much she knows and has been around an environment where we walk in the gifts in a healthy manner. I love that. All right, so what are tongues? Two main types of tongues, various kinds and interpretation. What does the various kinds of tongues include? The first thing is the personal prayer language. This is the one that I, I want to focus on in the next 3.5 minutes. And then the, the next one is the corporate expression that then requires the gift of interpretation. How many have been in a corporate environment and you've heard someone just yell out in tongues? Okay, if you've been at conversions, your hand should probably be up <laughs> for a while, okay? We've had this happen before where someone has, you've heard tongues just released in a room, right? And then everybody's kind of like, what do we do next, right? <laughs> 
That is an unction by the Holy Spirit to release something corporately that then biblically, Paul says, requires what? An interpretation. Why is that different than personal prayer language? Because you're sitting in a room and you're declaring it out for everyone to hear in a quiet atmosphere. And then, and, and then Paul says there needs to be understanding brought to that. So the understanding is the Holy Spirit revealing what is the gift of interpretation. Okay? Are we good on that? All right. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, what does it say? For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to who? To men, but to who? God. This is really important. One who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Let's read on. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit, but I will pray with the mind also. I will sing with the spirit, but I will sing with the mind also. For otherwise, if you bless God in the spirit only, how will one who occupies the place of an outsider know how to say the amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what you were saying? For you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not edified. Verse 18, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Nevertheless, in church... I prefer to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. What's the point? In an environment like this, an unbeliever comes in, hears tongues, and his mind is not edified in a corporate environment. Okay? This is why the gift of interpretation becomes really important. Paul is saying, hey, I actually, when we're in an atmosphere like this, that's why, by the way, and I don't have time to go into this, but that's why Paul says prophecy is the, is the, the superior gift. He's not saying that prophecy out of all the gifts, you don't need to care about any of them, only prophecy. He's speaking right order in a corporate church environment. Why is prophecy the superior gift in a corporate environment? Because it brings edification and understanding in the mind for someone that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, is able to see him because you're talking in a language, in a natural tongue that they understand. So in a corporate church environment, prophecy is the superior gift because it provides understanding, but it doesn't mean, hey, just forget all the other gifts. Not at all. Not at all. Prophecy speaks directly to them in a language they understand. He doesn't mean if you speak in tongues or operate in the gift of healing, that gift is worse. Sorry, you just haven't gotten prophecy yet. That's not how this works, right? He is speaking to a specific situation in a church setting. By the way, P.S., when you read Paul's write, when he's writing to a church, it's really important to understand a couple things. One, why is he writing that? What's happening in the church at Corinth? Why is he writing this? That's important for you to dig into. So Paul is saying that in the church, when there are people around that may not understand, it is important to speak where there can be understanding in the hearing of everyone. All right, but then Paul says what? I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Don't you love that? 
He's like, I'm actually going to flex right now. I think, God, I speak in tongues more than you all, so what's up? Right? Come on. You guys need to get to the gym. Right? And Paul can do that because he's an apostle, and he's like, I'm going to flex, guys. I thank God I speak even more than you all. But what's he saying? He's providing an encouragement to step in. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, communicating that everyone can receive this gift. I wish that you all. Does that include all? Is there any that's not included in all? All. Okay? Main point. I believe, I just literally just said main point. I believe that the gift of tongues is one of the most important gifts. I want you to go back to 1 Corinthians 14, 2. And I want us to focus on this as we land the plane. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. Further down in verse 14, what does it say? Your mind is unproductive. Now when you read this, you're like, why would I want my mind to be unproductive? Here's why. Praying in the spirit is you praying in a language that is actually bypassing your mind. Why does that matter? Because sometimes the fruit of your mind isn't healthy, right? Sometimes the fruit of your mind is fear, anxiety. Sometimes it's, it's, it's all, these emotion, all these things can be the fruit of your mind. So praying in the Spirit bypasses this and is just directly in the Holy Spirit. How does this impact your prayer life? Please go get your kids. Bring them back in. I'm going to land the plane, I promise. How does this impact your prayer life? Why is this important? Because I don't always know what to pray. I know what I think I should pray sometimes. Lord, I just thank you for Justin Collins. I thank you for Mark Slack and for what you're doing in his life. I just thank you. And I can pray and that prayer will be good. Okay? But it may not be what the Holy Spirit wants to release. So what happens? I begin to pray in the spirit to myself before I even pray for Mark. And all of a sudden, bam, the Lord releases something that I would have never gotten because I was praying in my mind and not by the spirit. Okay? Your mind, why is it good that your mind is unproductive in this case? Because we need to not just get caught here. We need to be functioning here out of the spirit of God. I don't just want to pray what I know. I may be asking for $10 and the Holy Spirit's like ask for 10,000. I may be praying over my daughter at night and just praying the same prayer. Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. And all of a sudden, if I'm asking the Holy Spirit, I begin to speak in a personal prayer language and all of a sudden the Lord's like, I want you to break off fear. Okay, break off fear. I wouldn't, all, I wouldn't have known that, though, if I get so caught in here. We need to bypass our minds sometimes and pray by the Spirit 
which reveals mysteries that we may not even know. And thank God, because he's God and I'm not. So I don't know about you, but I want to pray what he wants me to pray. I don't just want to pray what Andrew thinks he should pray. That's religion. This is relationship. Oh, Jesus. How do we pray the will of God? We pray in the spirit through the gift of tongues. Jude 20, verse 23. Man, I'm really, I promise I'm going to land the plane. Gosh. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. What is a way that you build yourself in the faith? You pray in the gift of tongues. You build yourself up. We need to be built up. Not by us doing the work, but by allowing the Spirit to do the work within us. I don't want to do the work. Can I be honest? I don't want to do the work. I want the Holy Spirit to do the work. So what does that mean? It means sometimes I need to get out of the way. And I need to allow the Holy Spirit to do that work. All right. Romans 8. And then I'm going to land. Now, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. Thank God the Spirit helps our weakness. Yeah? For we do not know what to pray as we should. But what? The Spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. And he searches the hearts. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints. I believe that the groanings Paul's talking about is a sound like a groan or a tongue, which is not even, it, it's, it's interceding with the Holy Spirit. So what does the gift of tongues do for the believer? It does four things, and then we're going to stand. Number one, it builds up your faith. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in a place like, I don't know, I just, I feel lost. I don't know what the Lord's saying. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do in my life. And there are more questions than answers. And sometimes, even when we're asking the Lord for something, he doesn't always reveal it Im immediately to us, right? I, I read this verse in pre-service prayer. Proverbs 25.2 says, it is the glory of God to what? Conceal a matter. It is the glory of kings to search it out. Part of praying in the Spirit is you as a priest searching out what God wants, has maybe concealed that he wants to reveal. Number two, it edifies your spirit. Number three, it transforms your mind. And number four, it allows you to pray his will, not yours. So praying in the Spirit takes you out of your flesh and instead you begin to declare the will of God. Can we stand? If I could have keys marked, that would be awesome. Listen, I just want to tell you personally, was this a lot? This, this, I know we were, we were running on a runway this morning. Listen, when I go to battle, I go to battle with a personal prayer language. I remember one time I was in my room, I was probably like 15 years old, and I have this Celtic dagger, it's really cool, it's like a legit Celtic dagger, and I got it down one time from the top of my closet, 
and I was battling some really deep addiction at the time. I got this Celtic dagger down, and I took like 15 minutes. And I mean, if you would have walked in there and took a video of me, it would have been viral on TikTok in a heartbeat. Because I'm like, and I'm like going to war. I'm going to battle. But I'm doing it not out of my own understanding. I'm praying in a personal prayer language. Now, I know that personal prayer languages, a lot of times, again, I want to invite you to be uncomfortable. Because even when I start talking in my personal prayer language, there's a lot of people that are like, whoa, what are you doing? I'm allowing the Spirit to pray through me. We need to get outside of ourselves. I believe this morning that the Lord wants to arm us with this gift as we begin 2023. I remember one time my dad was preaching and we, we went through this season where we actually, he, he gave us an exhortation to pray in the spirit for at least five minutes every day. I think there's an importance to this as we begin the year is for us to operate in this gift that begins to bypass your mind and reveal what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal. How do we receive this gift? Earnestly desire, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to give the gift, but it is our place to ask. So this morning, I want to invite you, if this freaks you out, it's okay. Just pray in English with us. It's okay. But if you are in this room this morning and you can feel your heart like, I want to step into this gift, I want you to come to the front. If that's you, I'm just going to invite you. And, I, and we're going to take a moment and we're going to ask him for this gift. If no one comes up, that's okay. But I believe this morning that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is going to pour out this gift to you this morning. The gift of tongues is a gift. So if you're up here or if you're even over there or if you're watching online, don't stri- we don't have to strive for it. So I want every person in the room to put your hands out like this. Even if you didn't come up, I want you to put your hands out like you're receiving a gift. Holy Spirit, we don't just give you part of this service. You have the whole thing. And right now, I'm asking you that you would give the gift this morning that you are giving gifts, Lord. Your word says to ask, seek, knock, and the door will be opened. So this morning, I ask you that you would reveal the gift of tongues, Lord, to individuals in this room, Lord, that you would pour out a personal prayer language that they can begin to operate in by your spirit. If you have your prayer language, just begin to pray in it. If you're new to to this and you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know what to ask for. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, guide my prayers as I speak. 
And then what I want you to do, it doesn't matter if it sounds ridiculous. I want you to begin to say the first thing that begins to come, whatever that is, just to begin to speak it. It doesn't matter if it's the same word over and over and over and over and over again. Just begin to say it. Activating this gift looks like speaking. You start small and you just begin to speak. Don't overthink it. Lord, right now, we just ask you, Jesus, that we wouldn't get caught up in our mind. Holy Spirit, would you take us out of our mind, Lord? Would you take us out of our mind and would you take us into a place of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you are desiring, earnestly desire the gifts, Lord. You're desiring to pour out gifts this morning. So right now, we lift you up, Lord. Just begin to speak. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Let's get out of our comfort zone. You can start in English, but just begin to say whatever comes to mind. Lord, would you release this gift? Would you release this gift? Would you release this gift? Jesus, I ask you that you release it. Release it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, would you release fire? Would you release the fire of the Holy Spirit that it would consume her, God? That it would consume her, God. That she wouldn't, that she would get out of her mind, Lord. Release in the name of Jesus. Sounds ridiculous, just keep saying it. Whoa! Hey! Jesus, would you release it? Would you release it? Would you release it? Would you release it? Would you pour it out, God? Yeah, just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. If you hear a really funny word, just pray it. And just trust that it's not you. It's not you, Aaron. It's the Holy Spirit. Jeez, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, just begin to pray, church. Come on. The Lord's, the Lord's giving gifts. The Holy Spirit is giving fresh gifts this morning. Just receive it. Just receive it. Just receive it. Pour it out. 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 A fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. A fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
Oh, there's oil. There's fresh oil available right now in the room. That the oil would flow. Fire, 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 fire. Fire of the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit. for heaven. Romans 8 says, groaning's too deep for words. God, that you would release a fresh level of intercession. I feel like the Lord says there's more intercession. There's a fresh level of intercession. You've tasted and you've seen, but God says there's more. So Lord, I ask you that you would release a fresh language right now, fresh place of intercession by your spirit. Groaning's too deep for words, Lord, that you would release a groan, a language, Lord, that would be bypassing her mind, Lord, that you would allow it to reveal a new place that you have. So, Lord, we just ask you that you would release it. I just encourage you, just if you feel something, just begin to release that. Yes. 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 Just release that, God. I'm going to pray one prayer and then we're going to end, okay? Holy Spirit, we ask you that as we leave this place, I ask you that you would release gifts even as we're at lunch. Even as we go throughout our week, I ask you for a deeper level of intimacy and relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And I ask you that you would reveal a personal prayer language, Lord, even to those watching online, I just wanna, I just, there's, there's, a, there's a place right now just to begin to speak. So Lord, we just thank you for the new levels that you were taking us in as a body. And we just say, we wanna go to the new place. Take us higher, take us deeper. We want to go where it's so deep we have to throw aside all of the floating devices. Take away the floating devices that we've relied on in our own understanding and release a deep well. The deeper places, Lord. Some of you, you need to pray this prayer. You need to pray, I want to go so deep that I can't swim. 
take me so deep that I don't know how to swim anymore except by the Spirit. I love that song, right? Sink or swim, I'm diving in. Sink or swim, I'm diving in. Some of you, you need to dive in. You need to take the plunge. So Holy Spirit, we just ask you as a body, as a family here at Convergence Church, that we want to step into the fullness of what you have for us, Holy Spirit. And right now, we just ask you that you would release all of the gifts. We ask you for more healings in this place. We ask you that we would have discernment of spirits. We ask you for words of wisdom. We ask you for words of knowledge. We ask you for the gift of prophecy, Lord. We ask you for the various kinds of tongues. We ask you for the interpretation of tongues. And Lord, right now, we ask you, Jesus, that as a body, that you would release a fresh level of operating by the power of the Spirit. All we want is more of you, Holy Spirit. <laughs>